Welcome everybody to Bone Show Chat Podcast 787, recording this on Saturday, 3rd of February 2024. I'm Steve Litchfield Redding, with me I have Ted Salmon in North Wales. Hello everyone, and greetings once more from the North Wales coast, where everything is tranquil. You said that like it's the intro to a children's programme, talking very slowly and gently so as not to alarm the children. Well, I, I can't do the same thing every time. <laughs> We're supposed to have a guest on, um, Scott Brady. Unfortunately, at the last minute, literally one hour ago, gentle listeners, Scott Brady informed me he's very, very poorly. And last last seen crouching over the toilet vomiting. So I think oh, we, we are going to cut him some slack and say... Please get get well soon, Scott, and we'll have you back on as ASAP as soon as you can possibly make it. So, yes, Poor sorry chap. to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Hope you get better soon, Scott. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. So, we haven't lost his notes and his things he wants to talk about. We've, we'll put them in a special section so that we can retrieve them when he's next on, hopefully sometime in March is the next free slot. Just to mention, coming up, by the way, Ted, we've got uh, our good friend Ben Wood coming on next week from the Melbourne Whoa. Museum. We've got Jim Fowle after that. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't ah, have to cheer for Microsoft all of them. Du- duo folding talk. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Andrew Manning after that, uh, and then Joe Hickey from Nomad Tech Project, and then hopefully Scott will pe- uh, slip in there because there's a guest slot available on the 9th of March. After that, we've got Mark Ellis from Mark Ellis Reviews. So loads of other good stuff to come. But this, in this podcast, just the two of us, Ted and I, Again, um, sorry for that, but hopefully you'll enjoy a two-person show. Ted, remind people where, to talk about, we? where they can find they, you on the interwebs. They can. Before I do that, I'd just like to say that um, it's great to see Andrew Manning again. He's been missing um, from the, the MeWe group. And, and in fact, anywhere really, I've not seen him pop up anywhere doing anything, um, of, you know, in the group or anything. So it'll be great to get him on the show and, and ask yeah. him where he's been. Indeed. Um, TedSalmon.com is where you'll find me. All the stuff that um, I do goes out from there, as always. You can also buy me a beer at paypal.me forward slash Steve Litchfield. And I presume paypal.me Ted Salmon buys you a beverage of some kind, Ted. It does. Paypal.me forward slash Ted Salmon. And I'll take the coffee. You can have the beer. That's Or cider. I'm very partial to a nice uh, ice <laughs> cider or, or pale cider these days. Yes. Hmm. Now, we do have um, a, an email in from Glenn Thorpe, one of our listeners. He says, long time listener to your pod. Do you want to read this one out, Ted? It seems more, more yeah, about your street. He, well, he's bought a Samsung Galaxy A25 5G and um, has come from, you know, the thoughts about um, all sorts of other devices. I, I thought I'd mention a very budget phone that seems to have gone under the radar, says Glenn, because of the Samsung publicity around the S24 range. My wife, who loved her Pixel 4a, had to upgrade last year due to the end of support. No, she didn't. All together now. Yeah. Um, I got her the, late, the latest A series, the Pixel 7a, and she hated it, especially the unreliable fingerprint sensor, which let her down multiple times. Some months after the monthly update, um, all would be well, but then the following month, it'll stop working again. Sometimes power of cycling the phone would fix it, sometimes it wouldn't. We decided that we had to find her a phone that didn't have an underscreen fingerprint sensor, so we ended up with this Galaxy, the A25 5G. It only came out in December, and for 250 quid, we think it's a bargain. It arrived on Android 14, One UI 6. It will get four OS updates, so that's 
15, 16, 17, 18, and five years of security patches. Um, it's got an SD card reader. It's got stereo speakers. It's even got a 3.5 millimeter audio out socket. We think it's a winner. I know that both of you find bargains as well as all the, um, as, as well as the latest all singing or dancing flag, flagships. And like you, I think I prefer last year's flag, flagship second hand, if that's the way to go. But my wife, insisted on new so she now loves it and she'll get many uh years of good use out of it so yeah a, a very good tale indeed and and samsung are knocking it out of the park at all kinds of price levels i think so yes the a25 5g recommended yeah link in the show notes probably to gsm arena if i know ted so go and look at the specs there and almost along similar lines really i've got a, a dog walking friend here lady friend and she had had an s9 plus galaxy s9 plus same as i raved about what four years ago five years ago so it's now well and truly past the end of its life in terms of support at least a year and a half out of support and it's still to be honest running fast enough for her but she's getting a bit worried the fact that it's not supported and will she run into problems with online banking and so forth i don't think she will but she no. she, she has decided she would like to treat herself so she asked for recommendations and Although she was coming from an S-series, which was the flagship of the day, I've looked at the specs. I reckon she'd be more than happy with the A54, which is just one up from um, the one Glenn recommended. Uh, A54, about 300 and something pounds, just 330 or so. And the specs of that are better than, the, you know, obviously, the four or five-year-old S9 Plus and will get her another three or four years' worth of support. So these Samsung A-series devices, Ted, I know we don't cover them much in terms of our us using them but they are phenomenal yeah. value for money they certainly are um the only thing i can see missing in all of that is the um chi charging really yes you know if you're coming from an s9 plus but as we've said before most people don't know it's there or use it anyway do they yeah i can't imagine almost no one almost no one i know knows about chi charging or cares <laughs> and the one or two people in real life who, who do know about it don't use it so yeah she is yeah. nice as an option it's nice as a bullet point you and i appreciate it but it's not really the be all and end all for the man in the street fair enough yes but yeah do check out the galaxy a series devices everyone because they really are as glenn says um uh, and, and your friend there says steve very good value for money now it's been all change again and <laughs> um, I, I i sold you the duo 2 effectively and you sold me the samsung galaxy flip 5 and then you decided you want the galaxy flip 5 back and you wanted to keep the duo 2 so we have come to some arrangement but you, you've ended up with both devices and the flip 5 just arrived and the duo 2 is now fully set up your end well, I, you, you frightened me, you see, by telling me <laughs> that it was, uh, that they were going for a thousand quid and they were collector's items. And I, I felt yeah. a bit guilty about that. And I, I thought, no, I'm going to send it back to Steve because I'm sitting on too much here and it's not fair. And then I discovered afterwards that you're going to sell it and nowhere near that kind of money. And I thought, well, if you're going to sell it for nowhere near that money, I'll just keep it anyway, by which time we've done the kind of reverse deal and so <laughs> that the, 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 the flip five has, re, has returned it. But actually, I really like the Surface Dew, Lay, laying aside all that kind of talk about value and what it is and what it isn't. Um, I, I really like the Surface Duo too. This whole week, I've had my SIM card in it, and I've been using it for my main device. I've even put my banking on it and everything and gone down to Tesco and it works beautifully well. In, incidentally, just yesterday, as we record, 
2nd of February, the February security arrived on it. Yay. And I, I was really impressed with that. I, I don't think I've ever seen it that early in the month before. Nothing much to see. It was a small update, but, yeah. um, it was, um, it was encouraging that that is still going and we'll be, we'll keep going until October at least anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I've been really enjoying it. I've even put Outlook on it. Um, I, I discovered that, um, the Outlook widgets that you can put full, well, a half page or full page if you want widgets work really, really well on, on the, the screen to the right, much better than any of the Google widgets. And yeah. that's the only reason really that I've allowed, um, Outlook access to my data. Um, and so I've got those lovely widgets to the right hand side. Um, and that works really, really well. I don't know if you've ever used Outlook on it, did you? I did try it. And of course, Microsoft's Outlook, being a Microsoft app, works beautifully across the two screens from day one with the Surface Duo, whereas a Gmail took a year or two to really be duo optimized yeah. because Google were then aiming their, their applications at tablets and their unfolding phones. Um, but Outlook as an app still works very well, and I love the widgets here. But at the same time, I'm I, I'm so used to the Gmail app now on on iOS and Android and tablets. G, the Gmail native app from Google is how I move around my email system. So, I, but I appreciate Outlook's got better and better, and it does work beautifully on the Duo too. I do agree with you. It's only for these widgets that that's the only reason. Yeah. But just when you can when you compare the Google widgets for Calendar and for uh, uh, Gmail, they're just rubbish compared to this. Yeah. These work yeah. really really well. Yeah. So, but apart from that, I would use the Google um, uh, applications. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 app pairs across. I know you've spoken about this before when you had you know you were in full flight with the device. Yeah, and the app pairs they work really really well. And I, and I do yeah. agree with you when you're doing tasks like bank and passwords and using google authenticator it's yeah. just great to have the the two screens side by side one thing going one side one the other copy and paste and just do what you, you can see so much um and that, that works really really well so i do agree with you with that yeah i, I do agree uh, even on the iphone where you can use the multitasking to sort of swipe back a bit and see a bit of the previous screen say you're copying a, a sort code or a bank account number you know and you go one two eight nine and you do Okay, now it's five, six, two, one, or whatever. But on the Duo and Duo Two, you and I presume on also on folding phones, the same sort of idea. You literally have the two side by side in front of you, and you can copy it exactly and instantly. And there's no no hesitation and no mistake. So it's it's perfect for that sort of thing. That, what you just described is is also um, uh, available on uh, on Android phones. You just need to swipe up, hold it, and um, move move the, the the recent screen slightly to the right and you can yeah. see what was on the last screen so um yeah. that works on all devices really but yeah really good um stuff i've also been playing about with the next stop touch I, I, it just does everything I, it it works so well the only problem is that it's got black bars left and right i've got it hooked up with the the trackpad the key the keyboard the touch screen it all works beautifully well, almost as well as the the Dex does, really, um, and certainly much better than the Ready Four for Motorola. That works, you know, it does work, but it's some of that stuff is missing, and um, the 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 Duo Two works really well. We're going to bore everyone to death with this stuff, aren't we? Um, <laughs> 
phone link. We, we Now, we have got a slight tale to tell with regards to phone link and hooking it up. Now, you'd think that the Duo 2 from Microsoft would actually be the best one at this, but it really isn't. Samsung is the best. Um, I hooked it up to my computer, and, it, and everything looked as though it was fine until it came to um, making phone calls. And it just would not connect. It wouldn't do what it's supposed to do to get the phone call connected to the phone and the PC, blah, blah, blah. And I, I went to all sorts of help pages on online and blah 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 um and in the end i i turned everything off turned the computer off turned the phone off um redid all the bluetooth eventually eventually i got it working um and it's just as you've noted in the 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 recording notes here steve it's just really annoying because as soon as you put a samsung on there it works beautifully as it does to be fair with other phones as well but um, with this um, Duo 2, you would just expect Microsoft to get it right for their own hardware, just a, a reflection probably of um, how committed they are to it. Yeah, it used to work fine with the Duo 2 because I literally set it up that way uh, what year, year and a half ago, and everything was fine. But, of course, updates come along, and, and, and Windows itself has been updated. Phone Link has been updated multiple times, so clearly something is not quite right. And to that end, I've also been trying Phone Link with, uh, the Xperia 1 Mark 5 and Sony phones. Originally, I had the Sony 5 Mark 2, I think I had here, and it was absolutely fine with that phone link. I could make calls, messages, photos, everything just worked. And now I can't get it working for the love nor money. Similar, similar issues to you. I don't think any normal user will get anywhere at all. It took me about 20 clicks and taps just to get things 90% working. Um, very, yeah. very frustrating. I, I think it's all Bluetooth. I, I honestly do. I think that when you start to muck about with the Bluetooth, the pairing and the, the chopping it off and, and, and deleting the connection and telling it to forget it and then trying again and blah, blah, blah. Eventually it works and it, as it did with the Duo 2. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I, something to be um, a bit annoyed about, I suppose. The Bluetooth, really, I completely agree. It's, it's confusing. Can you start, start to set up? phone link and the phone link uh, application on windows implies it's going to lead you through it but then it says pair your device and begin pairing and nothing happens so you think okay you go into settings i know what to do i'll go to the bluetooth section i'll pair it manually you pair it manually you then go back right it's done phone link will be happy you go back to phone link phone link is still on begin pairing so you close phone link you restart phone link it's still stuck on begin pairing there's something about the bluetooth integration and the pairing which is not obvious and if phone link wants to be taken seriously it needs to lead the user through that so it, it, the user doesn't go behind phone links back and try pairing stuff manually uh, away from what phone link's trying to do if that makes sense unless you've got a samsung <laughs> well, yeah, Samsung built all, all this in. Yes, it's all built in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they they certainly have made sure that Samsung devices work well with it, and and why not? Because that's the um, biggest selling brand of phone in the world, as we know, in terms of um, Android. So uh, they're going to try and make sure that works properly, aren't they? Um, also, anyway. also, also, Sony's um, trying to connect the Sony Xperia One Mark Five to Phone Link. Even the photos integration is now broken. I think it's to do with because Sony's photography pro right. uses folders that phone link doesn't know about. So, oh, okay. so, so that these manufacturers need to talk to each other and, and think yeah. and see which folders they're using and tie and do some testing for goodness sake. It's not up to PSC to debug all this. Exactly. 
Um, right, back to um, back to the battery now. Yeah. Um, my 10% reading test, I got about two hours or so with it, the, the, the screen folded back on itself, so only using one screen. Um, when I opened it up doing the same test um, again, it basically halves it, which, which is kind of what you'd expect, really. Um, so I'm only just about getting an hour doing it that way um, for my 10% of reading. Um, but yeah, fold it back, which actually uh, is something that I would automatically do yeah. anyway. Yeah. I don't want to read the thing open like that. Well, unless you're reading a book, of course, and it's a bit different. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that that's fine. I, that, I, I I was expecting the battery to be a bit knackered. Um, I, I'm getting through the, the, the day. Um, well, for me, it's okay because of my lifestyle, but I tend to get up about nine o'clock in the morning and I, I don't go to bed till two o'clock in the morning. So I've got a 15 hour day most days. Um, and it, if I don't use it too much, it's getting through that fine. And when I do use it too much, then obviously I need to think about it. But, but actually the 3d printed dock that you sent the duo dock, which you sent has been yeah. bouncing back between us. Um, I, I fired that up again and I thought, yeah, this is the answer. And, and very much like you said, really, put it on your desk like you did in front of the PC. So whenever I'm sat at the PC, which is a lot in my case, it's sat there charging. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do feel a bit um, cautious about the USB-C port, I have to admit still. Um, but this th- this makes the battery okay for me. Yeah, USB-C is supposed to be really rugged. That's the reason the world went to Type-C is the fact yeah. that the connector is specified and built more solidly, way more solidly than micro-USB, and I think probably than uh, Apple's Lightning. So Type-C should be absolutely fine for you. It should. Um, I just um, – I, I, I'm, I'm paranoid, that's all. <laughs> you can always get a new duoduct. They're still making them over there in America. And they you can, are. $40. Yeah. Um, so $20 international shipping. So $60 yeah, you can get them for. Cheap. There's nothing, yeah. no, Steve, there's nothing wrong with the duo dock. It's fine. It's, it's my paranoia because we're putting <laughs> it, putting it in and out, particularly taking it out, I find to be a bit of a, anyway, we covered yeah, that last, yeah, uh, yeah, last week. Yeah. I'll tell you what we, we also covered last week was this, um, screensaver setting being buried. Um, and only made available by this developer app where I was able to tap the connection in the, I, I asked Malcolm Bryant about this and he said, you're correct. Even if an Android OEM hides a particular OS setting, there may be a way for a developer to provide access to it. You may remember a while back, he says, um, that some PSC members were reporting that the Wi-Fi calling setting was being hidden. And um, I wrote, says Malcolm, a little utility app to uncover it, which I'll put in the sh- the, re- the show notes as well. So thank you, Malcolm. That confirms it. Um, it might be taken away and you can't see it, but it might be still available to developers, as in this case, and it works beautifully now. Really good. Yeah, I, I shall try this on the, the – will it work on the original Duo? I guess it will. It will. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Right. Um, so not giving up. I've still got it in my um, clutches. I, I think the primary annoyance with it is much like with the ThinkPhone is the whole Microsoft thing, though. Business centric. I know I just said um, to contradict myself that I've used Outlook, but <laughs> that really is only for the widgets. The apps and services, I, I don't really want to see the Microsoft ones. I want to just Googleify it. And I thought I would ask you about um, some tips. Probably um, most people listening to this will know them anyway, but it might be an idea to just run through some of the th- the ways in which you were able to googlify the Duo 2 when you had it. 
Yes, yes. I'm sorry if I'm teaching Granny to suck eggs in some of this, but I think, yes, this is for definitive sake. Number one, uh, make Chrome the default browser. I mean, you got a bit confused your end. I think you mentioned this last week between Edge and Chrome and which one was leaping in. Yeah. Uh, because I, I I honestly thought that I was using Chrome, and it and it was only when I went to sign into something in during setup yeah. that it just wouldn't play ball. I thought, what's wrong with this? Because it didn't have access to my data in Chrome to to yeah. know the passwords. And then I realised, oh, it's Edge. They look the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, number two, obviously, take everything Microsoft you don't want prominent off your home screens because Microsoft by default just litters the home screens with all of its services and apps quite rightly it's their phone but yeah most of it can be removed off the home screens and consigned to the app drawer number three head into the play store install all the google apps that don't for some reason come pre-installed and you don't actually get out of the box you don't get keep calendar docs sheets etc all of which i use every day in fact i one tip here is if you tap on the google llc name in as the developer in the play store it then lists all all of google's app in one place and you just go through as SDS, install, install, install. So that's a quick way. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Keep and calendar in particular uh, and docs. Those three, I think I use half a dozen times a day, every day. Yeah. Uh, number four, set all of this up on home screens, obviously, so that all your Google stuff in the dock and on the home screens. Number five, swipe into the left start pane. And as you pointed out last week, and I didn't know at the time, you can actually put your favorite Google Android widgets, if you have any, um in into that screen i know you prefer the um the mm-hmm. some of the microsoft widgets but the google yep. ones work fine as well and they can go in that start layout number six and and, and you can and, and you can strip out all of the the microsoft stuff from that you don't have to have any yeah. of it there that, that yeah. can be all what you like yeah yes. although some of them actually are, are quite useful i just don't want them at the top of the list yeah yeah mm-hmm. number six install gboard from the play store if you want and make that your default i know it comes with some of the google goodies but I would say that SwiftKey is actually very good on the duos and, and slightly more duo optimized. But you can, you can have them both installed and just switch between them daily according to your, your flavor and what, what you fancy. Yep, you can. Um, yep. I think some of the stylus stuff works quite well with the, with the SwiftKey, but I do stick to Gboard personally. Yeah. Number seven, when faced with how do you want to open this file, usually on PDFs, Word files and so forth, obviously you pick the Google one and remember to tick it remembers that choice it's, it's very easy just to tap the one you want and think oh i forgot to tick the tick so do remember mm-hmm. that number eight resist all uh, temptations to install anything by bing and microsoft they keep, <laughs> every time you sort of start the uh the, the, one of the duo or duo two they keep trying to say we use our bing widget use our co-pilot use all of our stuff yeah. and you just have to say no and, and keep saying no um, and on that line, make sure you turn all the voice activation settings for Google Assistant on so it behaves like a Google Pixel and not a Bing machine. Number 10, install one of the Gcam ports. I recommend LMC, and I'll put that a link to that in the show notes so that you get the excellent Pixel camera algorithms. Though I would say don't hide the Duo 2 camera in your case because it understands the three cameras better and is less glitchy. On the original Duo, LMC just works wonders and is, is way better than the, the, the Microsoft camera. But you've got three cameras on your Duo 2 Ted, and you need a, an application that understands all three. And I haven't taken a photo yet. <laughs> Typical Mr. <laughs> Salmon. Yeah, yeah. I have installed um, Microsoft 365, and I do use that. 
Um, but then I do that with all devices. So that's another tip. I think Microsoft 365 works really well. Um, if you want to use the pen to best impact, then OneNote is also a good idea. But don't expect to save it in a usable format to any Google services. Although, yeah, I mean, you can save it, um, share it out in the, the, the usual way to, as a PDF or a text file into Drive or whatever. Um, there's another application that I link to which is £7.49, but it's actually very good, called Note Shelf. If you've got some um, reward points, uh, it might be worth thinking about having that on board as well. That works also with Samsung devices with an S Pen. So, yeah, lots of good tips, I think. Um, But one of the things about the keyboard was that it kept popping up again um, all the time with this. You know about this. If you pull down from anywhere on on an Android phone, I want to be able to to set it so that it pulls down the notification shade. On the Duo, it doesn't. There's no way to do that. You can't in any way, shape or form do that. If you pull down, you get this Apple-style search thingy, which is Bing-driven as well, incidentally. And I just, I I don't want to see that. So that's really annoying. Um, But the what what I found was that the Microsoft keyboard kept popping up now and again inside that um, search function. Um, And it took a couple of reboots of the phone after I told it that I want to use Gboard to get that working. So if you've got one of these devices and it's it's throwing up the the the, the um, Swift key instead of Gboard, which you told it to do, maybe try a couple of reboots and it'll do it. I, so you know, um, see what see how you get on. It's fascinating actually on the original Duo here. If you swipe down from the very top of the screen, you get this you know the the quick quick actions and settings and toggles, and it's absolutely fine, exactly what you want. Yep. If you miss the top of the screen by, well, let's have a look. Oh, yeah, by two millimetres, <laughs> literally by yeah. two millimetres, you get yeah. the spotlight search, you know, where you can search for anything on the phone, which is handy, but I, they should have a much bigger margin so that if you, you know, anywhere in the top inch or so should bring down settings and anywhere else yeah. brings the search, I think. Or um, maybe the fingerprint um, scanner power button um could be yeah, um, yeah. enabled to, to to pull that down as well. I, I'd, I'd settle for that, frankly, but uh, but that doesn't work by default. I don't know whether someone has mapped that key um, that that button uh, as an application. We'd have to kind of look into that, I suppose. But um, anyway, yeah, that's one thing to be aware of. And lastly, I just wanted to mention about the um, Slim Pen uh, One, the the original generation one. Many thanks to James Cook, longtime PSC listener, for sending this over, donating it to us, um, complete with the charging cradle thingy, and it certainly works and allows navigation around the UI completely instead of using a finger inside. OneNote and other drawing apps. It can be used for drawing, writing, and the side button can be pressed to make the tip an eraser. Um, and also you can use the turn the pen around and use the, the end of it as an eraser. There's no Bluetooth hookup. Now, this is the difference between the first generation and the second one. With the Slim Pen 2, you get some kind of smart stuff going on. Like you can um, assign different functions to the pen uh, sorry, to the buttons, the the the, yeah. the top button and the side button. Um, but actually, I mean, I don't really think that it's a, a big deal to be honest. Um, so with the original one, it, it doesn't need pairing. So you're, the good on the good side, you're not using Bluetooth battery all the time, and it works just fine. If you just want something to scribble with and rub out what you don't want, all the rest of it is great. And it's got a USB C socket in the end of the charging thingy, and you just put the thing in this kind of trough 
charging thingy and it just works and led lights up when it's charging and goes off when it's done really nice uh, for someone who is likely to use the pen i i must admit it somehow it feels nicer to have it than the the renaissance thing we had um even though that was much much cheaper but having the genuine one from microsoft i think is really nice even if it isn't the um the, the later version I did look at the Slim Pen 2 um, originally a year or so ago when the Surface Duo 2 was my primary device. And I concluded that, unless I've misunderstood, for the Slim Pen 2, you've got to use it with the Slim Pen 2 case and bumpers, which are thicker and more cumbersome than the original Duo 2 bumpers that you've got on at the moment. And I just thought, this is going to be too bulky. It's going to get in the way, and I won't use the pen that much. It would be nice if the Slim Pen 2, or indeed the Slim Pen 1, just magnetically attached to the top or side of the phone and just stayed in place on its own without extra it, uh, casing. Well, with with the um, Slim Pen 2, it does, and it charges from... If you magnetically attach it to the outside of the phone, the, the, the Duo 2, it will charge the pen, apparently. Um, Surely it needs and, the case, doesn't it? need the special Slim Pen no, 2 bumper no, for no, that? No, okay. no, no. And I'm pulling it away now, and the, the pen sits in between, if you can picture it, in between the, the the camera island and the that that edge where the power button is, and there's a magnet in there, and that's where it sits. And apparently, if you've got the second generation one, the the phone will then charge the pen from there. But actually, I don't think it needs to because the, the, if it's anything like this pen, it's the battery's solid anyway. It works really well. Yeah. Anyway, data points on whether you um, use a duo with or without a stylus. By the way, we should mention that. Uh, Having promised a few weeks back we wouldn't mention the duo much, we've now spent half an hour of this entire podcast, the, the first Sorry. half an hour, talking about Surface Duos. We'll put, we'll put a, a, a waiver in. So if you don't want to know about duos, skip forward half an hour. Yeah. I, I bought a phone this week, Ted, or at least I bought a phone for my wife. Ah. Um, I spent uh, £600 plus of uh, my hard-earned money on uh, upgrading my wife's iPhone 12 to an iPhone 14 plus. Uh, the kicker was that although the phone was still quite fast enough, um, she'd completely filled the storage. And every time she cleared well, she enough space with photos and whatever, um, she, and videos, she still ended up with the, the phone literally removing applications from the local memory just to try and make room for updates. And it just became untenable. It's been all our time micromanaging managing the storage. So on the PSE Classifieds, wonderful forum uh, on MeWe, I bought an iPhone 14 plus, half a terabyte, Ted. My wife has now got half mm. a terabyte in her phone. She doesn't know what to do with it, but she's got half a terabyte. Um, but my point I wanted to make was that we, we talk a lot about um, upgrading an iPhone to an iPhone and it being seamless and a Samsung to a Samsung and it being st- seamless. And you've had experience with this, of course. And the core transfer of accounts and the applications and even the home screens is now seamless. But... And people will know probably know what I'm about to say, but in 2024, almost every single application now has some kind of two-factor verification, or an authorization yeah. code, or a face ID, or a fingerprint thing that has to be done first time. So I couldn't just hand the the iPhone over to my wife. Said, "There you are. The apps are all installed. Your accounts are all installed. Go and use it." Because as she pointed out, about a day later, about 15 things didn't work, and I've now had to go through them one by one with her and individually authorize and find original download codes and, and authorizations and set yeah. everything up. And that will be true whether it's a Samsung or a Pixel lever. We can't, even the manufacturers, they can do the best they can to make sure that the, the base bits and bytes are on the phone. But because so much in 2024 has to be verified and authenticated, 
there's still a good couple of hours of labour, whichever phone it is, whichever manufacturer. Yeah, they take that was one thing that iPhone and Apple were so good at with iTunes and all that. You you could just plug it in and and then pick it up as if it was your old phone. And and clearly those days have gone. I'm, I'm sure that a lot of it still can be done that way, but as you say, lots of it can't as well. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure people uh, listening to this, they, they've done this for either for themselves or their partners, and they know full well. Allow two hours for setting up the uh, authentications and banking and finance and logging into this and logging into school email and work this and work that. So it just yeah. all, all takes time, and it all has to be gone through. Um, you did send me, of course, the Z Flip 5, <laughs> as it turned out, for about two weeks. But I had a, a jolly fun two weeks, Ted, I have to say. I really enjoyed it. Uh-huh. On YouTube Shorts, my YouTube channel, we'll link to that in the show notes. We've put, I did three videos, one saying all the good things about the Flip 5. It really had me convinced and it got me thinking, you know, maybe I could use a flip phone again. And I was really, really impressed by the hardware and what it could do. I'll come to that in a moment. I also did two videos on addressing the biggest weakness, which I think I mentioned last week, which is it is slipperier than a slippery bar of soap. So I did one video on applying skins and one video on applying a case. And I really think you'd have to to do one or the other. But how have you got the Flip 5 organised in terms of it not falling from your hands? Uh, well, as always with me, I put the slimmest, thinnest, clear TPU on every phone as soon as I buy it. Um, and that was one of my initial complaints. So um, I, I did actually mean to send you this case when I sent it to you and I forgot and you didn't want it because you got another one. But <laughs> yeah, as soon as I got it back, I put this, the same one back on thin as thin as possible. And uh, that's all. That's all I need just to, to grip it. Yeah, but we should note that you can you can indeed still put TPU cases on flipping and folding phones. They just have to be in two halves. But yeah. the, the ones I've tried for certainly for the flip series, they have stayed in place and um, and. There were no problems with the case falling off at all, and they really did add a lot of grip, so very good. No, we, we did have some problems trying to use the, even though they said that they should fit, the, 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 the Flip 3 cases on the Flip 4, they said that they were exactly the same and they should fit, but actually some of the cases were falling off on the Flip 4, so they weren't exactly the same. Yeah, the, the cameras on the Galaxy Z, uh, Z Flip 5, they're good-ish, but it's typical Samsung overprocessing, and there's no telephoto or periscope for space reasons, obviously. So not even a three times or four times option when you need to get optically closer to something. But I've put some snaps I've took in at one times and two times a digital zoom. I've taken in Sunshine and Henley Ted in the show notes, and they're decent enough snaps, aren't they? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you're the expert with digital photography. You, you tell me what what do you observe in you know, because obviously you're zooming in on on the sensor here, and you might as well do that posters in the phone, I guess. Yeah, there's it's no problem really. If you're just taking casual snaps in good light, then you can do two times zoom. And you, if you look at the pixel level, it's messy. But hey, mo- all of these photos are going to end up on social media, and they're absolutely fine. I also did some low light photographs. There's one inside a church here, which is very serviceable, um, as you'd expect from a one thousand pound phone, really, which is the Flip 5's uh, original RRP. Um, a nice shot of some nature there with um, twigs and branches and leaves. It's all very, very detailed. All a bit over sharpened, as usual, with Samsung and eye popping colours, as usual. But but very nice. And you couldn't really complain, especially if you like Samsung stuff. The screen is lovely and vibrant. So well done, Samsung, as you'd expect. They really do display as well. And I can live with the giant size unfolded because it obviously gets half the size in one quick action and it's much smaller again. <laughs> Um, and yeah. the unfolded screen does give a great media watching experience, as I mentioned last week. 
Mm-hmm. The outer screen on the Flip 5 is great as a quick reference on what's happening or what I'm supposed to be doing or when it's going to rain. But I didn't feel the need to try and make anything more than Google Maps or YouTube work on it. I mean, the latter two can be enabled in settings without having to go into GoodLock, incidentally. You can just, there's about five applications um, that are that either from Google or from Samsung, which you just, can just enable on that larger outer screen. Um, maps in particular, walking around is lovely. Pedestrian directions without having to hold out a large phone in front of you, ready to get mugged by someone. It's all discreet and it's very palm-sized and lovely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, that the, the built-in um, application launcher. I think there's five applications, aren't there? Yeah, it, yeah. it is quite basic, um, and certainly when I installed the the GoodLock one, there was no problem with any of it. All of the apps worked beautifully well. It, it obviously been well de- well developed. Okay, so you're going to be setting that up over the next week, or rather re- resetting yeah. it up in your case. Yeah. yeah. I will be yes, and and I will put the duo away for a while and and get that back <laughs> in my in my hand and see how I get on and see how much I miss the duo for sure. Yeah, we're not allowed to mention the duo next week. So if you listen to this and fed yes. it with the duo, <laughs> there's no more duo for a week and a half now. Yeah, everything on the Flip Five was nice and speedy as I'd expect. I I, I did find I was disabling ninety percent of what Samsung had added to Android. I'm clearly a minimalist at heart. Back in the day with my Galaxy S9 Plus, I was using the Samsung stuff a lot more. And I just, I'm just not quite sure what's changed. Uh, maybe vanilla Android now does enough, or maybe my life and needs are just simpler. But uh, yeah, I, I, I keep wanting to make every Samsung into a Pixel, and I guess you're somewhere in between the, in between the two extremes. I am, I am somewhere in the middle because some of the applications I actually quite like. I, I do like the phone application, for, for example, um, and the calendar application. Again, they do the widgets much better. Yeah. Um, and the I did try messaging as well, but I have gone back to Google Messages now. But yes, you you can cherry pick the um the the Samsung applications that you think that you want to to work with, and they that you know that, that there's no problem with that. You can you can just mix and match on the same phone. Yeah, yeah. By the way, whenever I post a screenshot from a Samsung phone, well, it's any Android phone. I always have a, a third-party calendar widget on the main home screen, and every time I post it on Twitter or MeWe, someone pops up and said, what is that calendar widget, Steve? So it's called Calendar Month Plus Agenda, and it's by a company called IT Benefits. So if you go into the Play Store, there's, there are dozens and dozens, I'm sure you know, Ted, of, of calendar widgets, a lot mentioning the word agenda. but Hundreds. For, <laughs> hundreds. Look for the one by developer IT Benefit. Uh, and you, it's, it's completely free to use. And then if you want to really customize it, as I do, by, you know, marking, um, for example, the, the day for today in red, so you can instantly see what the, the current date is, then you, you can pay a one-off fee and they give you an unlock key and it all works rather spiffingly. So IT Benefit, I think, uh, is the developer. Go and look. Um, the various um, flex half-folded folded mode functions on the Flip 5, they're very handy and I did feature them in my video but I only really use them occasionally. I mean, you can watch YouTube on half of the display with the other half providing a desk base that so kind of props itself up. Mm, but I've got yeah. a dozen other ways in my life to watch YouTube now. So in yeah, reality, yeah. I only need to try this to prove it could be done. <laughs> you know, we watch a couple of tech re- tech reviews on a two-inch by two-inch screen while cooking dinner, which is all rather extreme. <laughs> but So it's, it's handy, but I, I don't didn't use the flex mode very much. 
I guess if someone was on the bus going to work and you you were bored, senseless, and you just wanted to watch something, it, it'd be quite good. You don't have to open it up, or you can just open it up folded, as you say, or whatever. Um, I was using the outside screen to watch some YouTube music videos, and it worked really well. I, I posted some shots of me doing that, and it's, it's great. Um, by default, I mean, I tried about 30 or 40 of my third-party apps, Ted, and only a handful of them actually knew anything about Samsung's flex mode, even half a decade after the first flip was launched. So I'm not quite sure what's happening there. Oh, right. I, I, I seem to have as many as I wanted going by going into labs and settings and turning that on and telling flex mode to work with just about anything that it will work with. And, and I got more than a handful going, absolutely no question. So perhaps... Um, you, you didn't yeah. find labs? Is labs hidden within developer settings? Yeah, it's, no, it's in. It's straight off of um, advanced features. So if you go okay, into settings, right. advanced features, and then labs, and you're in there. And um, yeah, yeah, it will set you up. Okay, well, I clearly missed a trick there. But by default, unless you fiddle with the thing in labs, then, then there are some limits. But if you fancy playing in flex mode, then do toggle it in labs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I demoed in one of my shorts, using it as its own tripod when shooting portrait video is unique and really mm. quite handy, but it's just <laughs> still a bit niche because surely anyone shooting shorts or TikToks or Instagram reels, all those things you love to watch, Ted, on a regular basis, anyone shooting those will already have a variety of tripods and stands and ways to film. They don't need to have their phone be its own tripod, I'd have thought. And having to place the flexed Flip 5 on something at the right height to film you, it's probably more hassle than just getting out the tripod because you have to balance it on a pile of 15 books or plonk it on top of a cupboard <laughs> and then put it on top of a cushion. It's, just, it's always too low and staring up your nose. Like a lot of these things, you know, um, on tech videos and reviews, they kind of show people using them and, and how great is this? And actually in the real world, you think, well, yeah, it is, it's great. It's great to try these things out, um, but they're not going to be used by everyone, certainly. Yeah, but all in all, it's a terrific little, or big if you unfold it, flagship-esque device. If I was to commit to, or if I needed this form factor, then I would have absolutely no significant complaints. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. The absence of decks has been much commented on, and no, I still don't know why it's not there, but I, I'm not sure there's a huge crossover, Ted, between the set of people wanting a flip phone and those wanting to play with accessories and monitors and decks. I mean, I know there's you probably me and a few others in our community but not a huge number in the grand scheme of things yeah. decks will be nice in the flip six samsung if you're listening but i'm not holding my breath and also as i said last week the um hdmi out works as well so you can get yeah. you can get the data from the phone onto your telly or whatever if you want to in the same way as you can with the the duo whoops i can't mention that and also <laughs> devices like the samsung xperia's you know it, it, it works on a basic level so they have done that between the flip four and the flip five and i think that's a, a big markup for them they haven't got decks going all right but how many people need it as we as you just said yeah. Anyway, it's been a fun two weeks. It's um, obviously back with you now and look forward to hearing your thoughts setting up perhaps with a more permanent state of mind. And, and also maybe on the upswing in your Samsung love after we've had the big downswing recently. Yeah. Um, mm. For me, the folded form was novel, even occasionally useful, but there were ultimately just too many compromises in specification, you know, imaging and speakers mainly for me to make it a primary device. For the man and the woman in the street who wants something smaller in the pocket or bag, the Flip 5 is a phenomenal device and one which is now built robustly enough that it should easily last the length of a two-year phone contract and hopefully beyond. And secondhand, as we found out, 
you can now pick up a bit five sort of five six hundred pound tip which is uh, much more reasonable than a thousand plus yeah definitely i'm i'm looking forward to setting it up again as you say and um retrying with the outside screen and seeing how far i get again and now i've got used to the the much bigger screen um doing the same with the duo um you know this is going to be smaller but it will still be much better than the flip four in some respects however we did have a conversation in the week about the benefits of the flip four yeah, over yeah, the yeah. flip yeah. five didn't we yeah, yeah um and and however much you want to say about the fact that the flip four is older and not so good and it doesn't fold flat and um you know the, the battery's not as big and blah, blah 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 actually it is as big isn't it but it's not as powerful in terms of keeping it going anyway um whatever you think about all of those things somehow there's there's a psychology about the flip four that the flip five doesn't have which is that you can put it away um and you can and this is a bit like the duo as well um, you, you can actually fold the duo up. You can fold the Flip 4 away. And yes, you've got a notification screen on the outside. On the duo, you've got a, a, a glance screen thingy, which is next to useless, but it's yeah. there anyway. Um, and with the Flip 4, you can kind of put it away and try and forget about it. With the Flip 5, with a bigger outside screen, maybe not so much. I, I don't know how you... You probably didn't yeah. use it for long enough to, to kind of benefit from that, did you? Well, I even there was a YouTube video I watched by, uh, uh, I, think, I think, quite a famous YouTuber where she tried to use the Galaxy Z Flip 5's outer screen as the only screen on the device for 24 oh, hours. Yeah. And she almost almost got away with it because she enabled mm-hmm. all her apps with good luck and so forth. And obviously it was all, all a bit compromised. But you, you, there's so much of a temptation when things come in to read them on the outside screen and to try interacting. And even in extreme circumstances, reply using the miniature um, on-screen yeah. QWERTY keyboard, whereas with the Flip 4, you think, okay, something's come in, I'll deal with it later. So in terms of staying in the real world and being in the moment, as they, they say these days, I think the Flip 4 has the advantage there. Yeah, there are certainly pros and cons for both of them. Um, uh, it's a nice form factor. I like it. I, 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 I've liked it for quite a long time now. Um, and if I was going to use a folding device, I think that um, – and I, and I don't include the, the Duo as a folding device – what what is it it's called a dual screen device um if i'm going to use a folding screen i think the flip four or five are going to be the my go-to devices so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to trying again you realize that since we said we weren't going to mention the duo again for a week and a half we've now mentioned (laughs) it seven times okay well you know people tune into (laughs) podcasts and they know that what we like and what we don't like and what we're trying out. They don't have to listen, do they? Yeah. Go away. <laughs> Go and listen to Projector Room or whatever works. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, you'll still find Ted Salmon, but there we are. Um, I've also been given the Sony Xperia 1 Mark 5 another serious chance in terms of imaging. I've been complaining about its imaging quite a lot over the last few months, but they've had update after update. And I thought, no, surely they can't still be problems with this. Let me try a bit harder. So I've abandoned the basic UI, which is the sort of populist uh, camera user interface of iPhone-like, Samsung-like. I've abandoned that. I'm now purely in the Sony Alpha camera UI with all the buttons and controls and control over everything except variable aperture, Ted, for you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, center focusing and, in theory, eye tracking, all of that, and using the physical shutter button for almost everything, which feels great, but I do always worry about introducing some shake as the button is depressed, probably unwarrantedly so. I've put, some, I've put some photo samples in the notes, yet more photos in our notes for you to look through, Ted. Well, a couple of the dog, 
which are more successful than the previous attempts. So clearly in the Sony Alpha UI, results are, I, th- I would say they're clearer, sharper, and more intelligent than in the sort of more basic UI. I th- I, I was, wasn't too unhappy with these. Yeah, it's really difficult with digital photography. Us photographs are replicated in like our recording notes, isn't it? The, the, the close-up of the dog, I'm trying to work out where the point of focus is, and the the left front paw would seem to be the claws on that are probably the most in focus bit, aren't they? Yeah. Um, or this, or this, maybe the this was taken with the dog moving its speed on the telephoto lens. It was a really yeah, hard okay. use case. I th- considering okay. that, I think it hasn't done too badly. But okay. Anyway, moving on, I've also put a shot of some a, a zoom shot three times, three point five times zoom using the optical zoom of a telegraph pole that looks decent enough yeah yeah nice and crisp enough and even better um i was near an airfield and a plane went overhead and i panned the sony xperia 1 mark 5 over my head with the plane uh, again using the 3.5 times zoom and you know if you look at the underside of that plane you can see absolutely everything in terms of detail and, and and cords and wires and registration yeah, um, strangely, the, the, the two wheels are a bit fuzzy, but you, you can certainly read it. Yeah. And the, the I don't know how close the wires are that you're shooting through, but those are pretty well focused as well. But yes, yeah, you're right. It's done pretty well with that shot. I do agree. Every time I do a photograph with wires or a dog lead, Ted, Ted always says, why didn't you use magic eraser and get rid of them? <laughs> and you have a very right, good so. point. Yes. Um, yeah, the, yeah. the next one is interesting. It was a telephoto shot um, of a a barn about uh, 150 200 meters away using zoom again and although it's not very sharp i think that's and slightly yellowy slightly lumia 1020 ish it's it's really not it looks very natural i was going to say that that looks like some of your old um nokia, nokia photographs yeah. yeah um because it is fuzzy um kind of in a nokia type way and as you say it's it the the, the, the greens are not rich kind of greens are they um it's all kind of muted a bit. Um, I don't like that one much. I think I know there's a line to be drawn between over sharpening and things being sharp and natural. But to me, that doesn't look like a very good photo. Yeah. Anyway, I thought colours aren't quite as popping, obviously, as on other phones, Samsung and iPhone and whatever, even even Google Pixels. But I think Sony would say this is a good thing. I think they would say, well, you're supposed to make effects and adjustments after the fact, which I think is fair play if you're a, yeah. you know, a photo yeah. professional. So why not? There's a lot of imaging power and customization in the Xperia 1 Mark V's camera system. What I do feel is if taking photos of pets and people is just a bit of a lucky dip, which is odd, really, because that's what Google and others, they, they optimize for. But clearly, Sony has optimized things for landscapes and signs and flowers. The, zo- the zoom shots, uh, say, are, are pretty good. The plane was pretty good, especially as it was moving at 100 miles an hour. Um, could I live with the One Mark V's quirky camera system that doesn't really take good shots of pets and people often? Well, possibly. At least now we're getting into slightly better weather so that the people shots might be in decent light. But the, the different camera modes, they still annoy me. The slight overprocessing for JPEG shots annoys me. The missing on-screen shutter button landscape in alpha modes annoys me. So I'm still hoping for updates. And happily, the PR people aren't demanding it back. So maybe I will get my wish in updates. I thought in the fifth generation of the One series, they had put a um, kind of AI mode in. Um, I seem to remember them 
shouting about that or have i misremembered that? i suspect that's that's in the, the the really basic ui mode which is where i was getting okay. the, the over sharp right. okay. and jpeg so i there's still plenty of room for updates but like i said i can keep reporting back and i hope i won't try and bore people on this podcast i'm now not allowed to mention xperia 1 mark 5 for a month <laughs> okay you heard it here first um, maybe i'm just yeah. being fussy there are other, other positive attributes the clean android the super 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 clear speakers the dynamic vibration they are enough to sway me, and it's huge credit that for my trips out taking photos with the Sony, I never once felt the need for a TPU case. I, I repeat, I was taking this £1,000 phone out, Ted, taking photographs on rough tracks and fields. Not once did I think, oh, I wish I'd brought a TPU case. I was holding the naked phone because the ridge sides and textured back, they're just superb. £1,300 phone, I think you'll find, wow. not 1000 yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you'd still, you'll still put a TP on, but I was happy without. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I've tried the texture, the, the, the texture on the body of the One Mark V. I've tried that in my hands, and I, I still find it slippery. Maybe there's something wrong with my hands or my the moisture in my hands or whatever. Perhaps I've got very dry hands, but I can't pick up any phone without putting a TP on it these days. Um, so. Yeah, I I I I think that that I would be straight in with that. And it's got a three point five mil audio jack, of course. It has. And my um b- biggest beef with this is that they've taken away the LED notification light. Yeah. How many times are we allowed to say that? Um, <laughs> and the fully featured always on display with Albemarle Sony. They've taken it all away, which is really annoying. Um, but yeah, we better not keep talking about that again. All in all, I think I'm happy with the One Mark V and you're happy with the One Mark IV, both of which are PR yeah. units. And I think we're both both happy with that way around. I, I am. And, and sometimes I go back to it and I have a kind of audio session with my One Mark IV and my Five Mark IV, come to think of it. And it's great. It's it, When you kind of spend some time in the Sony world with your Sony headphones and your, your other Sony stuff around you and uh, plugging in 3.5 millimeter. It, 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 so it's a good little world and it's, it's a really um, nice choice to have um, for people, I think. Yeah. I've been trying to get hold of the OnePlus 12 and 12R, both of which look very interesting. I've tried various PR contacts and got absolutely nowhere, Ted. But if anyone's got a contact or can lend us one of either of those, then do get in touch. We'd love to cover them. Um, Mm. My PR Pixel Fold is now on um, QPR2 Beta 3.1. It still hasn't got all the features I've been waiting for, along with, for example, the app pairs and the private space and so forth. But um, I'm assuming that QPR2 Beta 4 is the next in the next week or so, and then I'll have something to talk about. One would hope so. Um, I don't know what you're expecting from it. There, there was talk today about the fact that the the fold is going to miss out on all well a lot of this kind of AI stuff and the the circle to search thingy. And the, there's some big questions about what the fold's going to get and what the fold isn't going to get, regardless of a QPR or, or betas or whatever. Yeah, well, boo hiss. Anyhow, I will report back. And again, there's no real time pressure. But uh, Google, get a move on. That's what I say. Mm. In our section called Bygone Beauty is a new feature for 2024. Um, <laughs> last week we had a Nokia, so I'm trying to stay away from Nokia and Symbian this week. I and mean, I've gone for a, a classic early Android phone now, Ted. You, I remember this very fondly, the uh, LG made Google Nexus 5. And the Nexus devices being you know, the highlight for Google of where they wanted Android phones to go, it was, I remember it, it was fast. 
It was plastic, of course, but most phones were plastic back then. It had a decent enough camera, and I was, I was, I, the day I got it, I had to drive my daughter down to Bournemouth, and I've got some lovely shots of the beach at Bournemouth, and and uh, the sunset over over the, the horizon and so forth. It had Qi charging, and had a pretty good display, LCD, but good display for the time. And the main thing was that it was so cheap. I couldn't believe this was a Google Nexus phone. The Nexus phones, I, I think they were certainly cheaper than the Pixels. $349 it started out, which I think was £349. I snapped it up at that price on launch day. If you can imagine the Google's flagship phone in 2024 shipping for £350, Ted, it's just beggar's belief. <laughs> I, so I, I, I bought one. I absolutely did not regret it. It had a few issues with battery. The battery life wasn't great, and you'd have to charge by tea time quite often. But it, in terms of sheer bang for buck and giving everyone access to what Google's pure version of Android was back in, was it 2010 or so? Um, I'll look up the launch. No, 2013. 2013. I, I just thought mm. it was stunning at that price. So I thought, well done, Google. This is absolutely the right way to go to get your Nexus devices in everybody's hands. I'm not sure how many they sold, but they deserve to sell a few million. Did you have the Nexus 5 back in the day? I did. I've had every Nexus from the first one <laughs> onwards and, and then Pixels after that. The, um, the the interesting thing here is that it's got the Snapdragon 800 uh, chipset, which yeah. I'd forgotten about. Um, but that's actually quite modern in terms of 2013, I think. You know, we've still got devices now that are 8XX um, chipsets from Snapdragons. So um, two gigabytes of RAM. Uh, can you imagine living with that now? But then, as we've said before, services and applications are more yeah. demanding these days so at the time it was okay and also 4.95 inch screen i Perfect. don't remember <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't remember this being a small device at all again yeah. as as time's gone on we've 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 yeah. expected bigger and we've we've got bigger and and you know that is that's smaller than the the ace the asus zenfone 9 that i was talking about recently yeah. Even smaller than that. Um, and, yeah, that's a tiny device. I'd forgotten how small it was. But, yeah, nice phone. And if you look at some of the pictures on the um, GSM Arena yeah. page in the in the picture section, um, it, it reminded me of how lovely it was. It was so beautifully made, nice shape, fitted in the hand really nicely with a rounded back. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. That's a good call, I think. Yeah, it's not beauty as in it's beautiful, but it was a beauty to me because it it – it was just it hit the perfect sweet spot of specifications and Google's vision and price. So I think, uh, yeah, Nexus 5 and see the link in the show notes. We'll link over to GSM Marina, of course. Um, photos of the week, Ted, you've got something for us. Automotive. I have. Um, there is a photograph of the year poll running um, at the moment. So um, I would encourage everyone to please vote in that. The, the problem with that is that normally when we do a photograph of the month, there's five choices uh, to choose from, and we normally get 60 to 70 votes. Um, now, if you spread those same 60 to 70 votes across the 12 for the year, then <laughs> it's uh, it's depleted. I, I need to encourage everyone, please, to go and vote. Um, there's nearly 400 members in the photos group, so there's no excuse, really. Um, let's get a good voting going on. Otherwise, it would just um, make the whole kind of photo of the year thing a bit kind of pointless because it's um, it, it, there's not enough votes to... to, to... Anyway, um Watch out for that one. It's in the group now. The PSC photo of the week I've chosen is one by Marek Polowski, who 
has used the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra to an interesting creative effect. Now, I know that we don't normally put experiments and montages in here, but he's taken, he's found this Saab car in a, a pub car park, and he's used Samsung's smart lasso feature to isolate the car in three different ways, and then to um, take those three ways and put them into a little montage, which you're yeah. likely to see on someone's wall or whatever. Uh, he says that he was impressed by how easy it was to circle what he wanted and have the smarts figure out how to snap to the edges, um, then composited it, com- composited it together for a collage layout and added a dark background. And, yeah, you could see that on a wall somewhere as a, a work of art. And, and as usual, Marek has done something interesting and different. So well done to you, Marek. That's stunning to think that though that's an actual car that taken in the real world. And here it looks like a CAD render. That, that's stunning. Look at the detail. Very well done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a very interesting experiment. So well done. And before I leave this section, I shall remind you to vote in photo of the year. Indeed. <laughs> Another interesting idea is uh, bagging a bargain. Buy, sell, swap in our classifieds area. Just quickly, Ted, you've got uh, six picks for us. Pixel 8 Pro, um, 256 gigabytes, porcelain, and a Pixel Watch 2, superb condition, 7.25. iPhone 14 Pro Max, 512 gigabytes in silver, good condition, 650 quid. There's a Pixel 6 Pro, 190 quid with a box. There's a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3, 120 gigabyte version boxes, etc. 180 quid. Um, there's a Surface Duo. I'm not allowed to mention that. 256 gigabyte version in glacier white. The very same ones you've got there, Steve. 250 quid. And lastly, there's a Pixel 8 Pro. In bay blue, that's that new colour, isn't it? No, it's not. 128 gigabytes, 550 quid. Uh, so, yeah, a nice little selection there this week. And I think that that flipped three, personally, 180 quid. Uh, Mum is still using hers. Absolutely fine. It's no problem at all with it. Works really well and um, still going. I think that's my pick of those. What's yours? Although that iPhone 14 Pro Max, the same as mine, half a terabyte for 650, I think that is a cracking buy. My actual pick here would be the Google Pixel 8 Pro at £550, because there's an awful lot of Pixel 8 Pros being sold at the moment. I'm not quite sure why they're all going. Maybe there's just a glut of them for some reason. But because there's a glut, it means the prices are coming down. £550 to get you updates until whatever it is, 2028 or so. And and with that terrific camera system uh, and uh, Decent results even at 10 times zoom with their super res zoom. I think the Google Pixel 8 Pro is a terrific all-rounder and 550 is a bargain price. Yeah, or if you want to add a Pixel Watch 2 to it um, and 256 gigabytes of storage, there's the other one at 725, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is equally um, a good bargain. So, yeah, lots of good stuff going on. PSC Classified Group is where all that happens. If you want to join in there, um, then do send me an email and um, ask nicely and we'll talk to you about it. If you've been appalled by how much we mentioned the Surface Duos this week uh, and don't want to send us any any beer money or coffee money, then we quite understand. If you do want to send us beer and coffee money, then see the various PayPal links in the show notes. And we thank you very much in advance. Um, next week, we do have a guest, Ted, so we'll be back to normal. But in the meantime, get well, Scott Brady. And any last words from you, Ted? Yeah, yeah definitely. Do, do, Scott. Sorry you're so sick. Um, yeah, I, I, I would just um, reiterate what you said, really, is that, you know, I, th- there are a core 
group of people out there who loves us to, love us talking about duos. So they're the ones that can buy us coffees and beers. <laughs> yes, indeed. Do we have a tech addicts tomorrow? I've lost track now. There is a tech addicts tomorrow, and there's also a projector room this coming week. So PodHub yeah. UK is where you'll find links to all that stuff. Um, and um, we hope that you'll join us there. TedSalmon.com is where you'll find links to all that stuff as well. And um, yeah, we hope you'll join us. Really good. Uh, show notes at stevelitchfield.com. Don't forget to be in Litchfield. And uh, cheery goodbye from Ted. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Phone Show Chat. <laughs>